And welcome to Channel Hoppers, a podcast made by a group of friends who work in TV. We all love TV and love talking about it, so I thought we'd come together to chat about what's new. We'll be focusing on scripted shows on both terrestrial TV and streaming platforms to see what's out there and what's worth watching. My name's Emily, and today I'm joined by Tom, Amy, Vicky, and Ayo. So this week we'll be talking about White Lotus on Sky and Now TV and Cruel Summer on Amazon Prime. But before we do that, we've got a rundown of notable shows that are around at the moment. So, Vicky, I think you've been looking at Netflix this week. Yep, very excited because coming soon to Netflix is Sex Education Series 3, and that's Woo! Otis, Eric and Maeve are back as word of the sex school has got out and a new head teacher tries to take control of the school. It looks really good, this. I watched the trailer the other day. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It was The first two series were so good, and I can't even explain how good they were to people. It's just one of them ones that you need to watch. Yeah, we were just speaking before, and I hasn't actually watched it yet, so we were... We were forcing it to watch it. You really must watch it. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a unanimous, everyone loves it show. Tom, were you looking at Channel 4? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel as though lots of people are talking about Help, which is Jack Thorne's new drama that's got Jodie Comer and Stephen Graham in it. I I don't know too much about it. The the trailer seems to show like a care worker. So Jodie Comer plays a care worker and she's working with her patient, who's Stephen Graham. And... I feel as though it might touch on COVID because the trailer has a big focus on the the care workers wearing masks and things like that. But yeah, I think just because of who's in it and who wrote it, it's getting a lot of attention and hopefully it'll live up to it. It starts it starts on the 16th of September. That. I feel like Jack Thorne is the hardest working person in TV and film just all together. All the best connected. Maybe both. Are we ready to watch a show about COVID? Oh, I oh don't know. I'm never ready to watch a show about COVID, <laughs> by the way. Can I just say that? Like, I don't want to watch a show about COVID, but hopefully this will cover it well. You need to get ready for that. Yeah, they're all going to come out now, Soon. aren't they? But... Yeah, that's the next, like, five years of TV. <laughs> <laughs> There's a backlog. <laughs> but I do feel with, like, Jodie Comer and Stephen Graham, you're probably not going to go wrong with that one. You're in safe Yeah, hopefully. Though. That's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah. And Amy, were you looking at BBC this week? Yes, yeah, so I have been looking at, well, I've been seeing a lot of the trailer for Ridley Road, which is going to be the new BBC One drama. It really speaks to me. It's a period drama set in the swinging 60s, I think. So yeah, that is definitely my my bag. I'm a big Mad Men fan, so I'm kind of hoping that there might be some similarities there. But it's the story of a young Jewish woman who goes undercover inside a fascist organisation following an attack on her boyfriend and it's based on Joe Bloom's novel of the same name and stars newcomer Agnes O'Casey who everyone seems to be quite excited about it's a yeah it's a red production company production so they they haven't put a foot wrong so far I think hopefully it'll uh, it'll be in a similar vein sounds good because I love Mad Men too so I feel like I'll also be enjoying that and also season two of Back to Life has returned to our screens which is very exciting for me because I really enjoyed the first season. It's Daisy Haggard's kind of baby. She's written and created it and she stars in it. 
as Mary Matheson, who has just gotten out of prison after 18 years for murder. And season two picks up pretty much exactly where season one left off. So it's only still six weeks after Mary's come out of prison. And she's dealing with the revelations that occurred at the end of season one, not to give anything away, because I do think it's worth going back and watching the whole thing from scratch if you've not started season one. Everything's on BBC iPlayer. So yeah, give, give it a go. You know, it's a it's a comedy, so it's really good fun. It's really easy to watch because it's, you know, only like 25 minutes per episode, I think. And yeah, very funny, but also quite dark in places and quite touching. Sounds good. So we've got a couple of new shows there and a few series two, series three, so nice mixed bag. So that's what's on at the moment. And now we're going to have a closer look at some of the shows we've been watching. So up first is a look at White Lotus on Sky or Now TV. So the White Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge, Steve Zahn and Murray Bartlett are just a few of the names on this star-studded cast list for the incisive comedy drama about social privilege in American society. It's set in an idyllic Hawaiian holiday resort and episode one begins with Jake Lacey's character, who's rich boy Shane Patton, returning from his honeymoon alone, watching a box of human remains being loaded onto his plane. So, you know... It will go from there. <laughs> there are six hour-long episodes. Sorry, there are six one-hour-long episodes. It's not they're not six hours per episode, <laughs> and it's all come out on HBO in the states, so you can watch it here on either Sky or Now TV. And Mike White is the writer and creator. What did you guys think? So I did. I did really enjoy it actually when I first it first started. I did think, oh, this feels a little. This does feel a little slow, but it. I don't know if anyone else watched it. It reminds me of Bloodline. Oh, Did I've anyone not see seen that. that? No. It's got that very simmering. That's kind of about a as well ago the since I watched it. About, it was about like a family. And it's got the same very slow simmer feeling to it. So it's quite, you know, it's not like a lot of set pieces, though. It's not like massive things happen each episode, but then something does something big does happen every so often. But it's got that very you know, just like the, the tension is just bubbling away. It's Slow got the same, boil. Yeah, I found it had the same feeling to it. And there were a few scenes where like some of the, because obviously you follow different groups of characters around and some scenes with certain characters, I did find like I was starting to drift off a little bit. Like I, I went to check my phone a couple of times, which I never, ever do like when I'm watching TV. But then I put it down. I was like, no, don't be that person. But, but so there was a couple of moments like that. But by halfway, I got really into it. And by the end, I, I did... I did really love it. I thought it was really well written. And yeah, it, it's not like some bits are quite laugh out loud funny, but it's not like, it's not like sort of, it's not like sort of comedy, I don't think, where you, it's it's quite like awkward incidences. And it's hard to define, I think. It, it, it is. is. I mean, I, I think we called it a comedy drama in the intro. And it, it is that, but it is definitely, there's there's no comedy in it that's not also partly politically motivated or kind of making a statement I think mm. like most of the most of the comedy is derived from from poking fun at people in a certain way it's quite cynical I I really enjoyed it I I must confess this is absolutely my bread and butter kind of tale. like I absolutely love this really character driven stuff and like you said it's really it is quite slow to begin with but I just really relish that opportunity to look at these characters and really kind of deep dive into into each of them and I don't think I've seen 
another show that's quite like it and I don't think I've seen anything that's been quite so kind of cutting and clever about how it portrays all these different layers of privilege I think particularly in American society because obviously that's the that's the petri dish that it's zeroing in on but it's not totally unique to American society you know there there are characters that are recognizable from people that we might know you know in this country but I just thought every single scene there's there's no two characters that aren't having an interaction who where you just don't you can't see the kind of discord and privilege and and what their experiences of the world are Mm. and I just think that it's really clever that it can make you feel that so viscerally for every single character because you know even in like there's certain scenes without going into too much detail there's like scenes where there's you know an older man who's a manager of the hotel with younger employees who are also like kind of white bisexual men who they you know might look on the outside to have privilege over other people in the resort but in that scenario they're the underprivileged and it's it's so interesting I just thought it was it was just really fascinating and then like you have this this family where they have you know this white family who have taken their daughter's friend on holiday and she is mixed race and the dynamics that come with that where she's this very wealthy girl she's obviously very privileged in a lot of ways but then when it comes to other interactions with other characters she seems underprivileged in some some dynamics and like more privileged than other people in other dynamics it's just so interesting I just found it really fascinating to watch all those different interactions with people and I it was yeah it was quite incredible to me I, I I've never seen it done that incisively personally I think everyone in it was a bit of a tosser. I think that was like the but yeah, like everyone everyone had points where because there was times where like Shane was is it Shane was speaking yeah. and prior to it you'd been like what an arsehole. and then sometimes some things he said you like that's perfectly oh, that sounds quite reasonable actually that's that's why I liked it because then because I, I thought my favorite strand was like the Rachel Shane one actually because I thought the rate how Rachel's character was done like she never came to like this she never had a big out. She never had like a big screaming match. She never had like a big sort of, there was no dramatic showdown. It was just, it was all like her internal struggle. I just thought her story was just, my mate, like, I just thought it was so well done. Because you could just see her like falling apart. And then the end was just like was, really tragic. Yeah, it was. But you could just see her falling apart. But it was all just kind of, she never came to that boiling point. It was just, I, I thought she was, and then when Shane was kind of arguing back, you some of the things he was saying were like, you could t- it was like you could see like how he was gaslighting her almost with what he was saying because he was being quite reasonable in some of the things. So, up next is a review of Cruel Summer on Amazon Prime. So, Cruel Summer is an Amazon original psychological thriller set in the 90s and told over three summers. We follow two teenage girls, one of whom is popular and the other wishes she could be. And when popular girl Kate goes missing, Jeanette takes over her life. Then when Kate is found, she accuses Jeanette of knowing she'd been kidnapped and we spend the series trying to figure out whose story to believe. So, Tom, what did you think of it? Um, um, where to start? So, so the description of this TV show... Mm -hmm 
is probably like the most excited I've ever been for a TV show. Easy A is one of my favourite films. Oh, yes. I just thought it was really accessible, easy to watch, but also like quite subtly, like clever as well. I was born in the 90s and I, I like, the older I get, the more 90s nostalgia that I have. Yeah. And any music, TV show, film that does like a good deep dive back into the 90s, I feel as though we probably all feel the same. Yeah. But it appeals to me very deeply. So with all these elements that came together, I was very excited for the show. My experience watching it was that, well, basically, I was desperate for the like, for it all to be tied up at the end. And I think it did that really satisfyingly. And by the kind of penultimate and like the last two episodes, I was invested enough in the story still by that point. Yeah. So it's the point where I was kind of happy to to hear how it ended. And I was really hooked when we finally got to like the crux of how it all happened and the this kind of the driving point mm -hmm. of how we all got there, how the characters all got there, how she ended up in the house. I was really interested to watch that in the final two episodes. But like I say, by that point, I was desperate for the revelation of the series. And I think that was a bit of a failure. Um, the, the hopping between timelines mm -hmm. didn't capture my attention for like the, the entirety of the series, I've got to be honest. Wow. I was in and out of it. Okay. But having said that, by the time it was all tied up, I, I, that was quite satisfying. Yeah. What What did you think? Well, similar to you, like I, yeah, anything that's got nineties nostalgia, I'm here for as well. And my like my birth year was there, so I was like, whoop whoop, that's my favorite. Like I'm here for those like yeah. flashbacks. But I enjoyed the flashbacks because I've got a thing about flashbacks where you, I really like it when people do this and they did it. They distinguish between flashbacks by people's haircuts and they did this to witty yeah. and i just think it's such a simple thing but they they did this and a couple of other things that are like classic tropes i think in storytelling and i liked all of the classic tropes that i saw because there was another thing of i knew that key was going to be significant but i liked that they didn't make it so obvious that the key was like the most significant thing in the world and that mm -hmm. was like essentially the driving point but the moment when they got that key at the beginning wasn't like they didn't make a huge song and dance of it and i didn't know that it was going to hinge the series around it so i think they did that really well and then i think they managed to maintain my interest at the beginning it was a little bit I was a bit like, where is this going? Like, it's so glossy and so great. And I liked it. And I thought it was re really good characters. I thought as well, I liked the, I thought the performances were really good by everyone, especially given that it was all a really young cast, I'd say, or like, I think they're all early 20s yeah, yeah. Um, playing younger, obviously. But um, I just thought the concept was good. Like you said, like the description is really good. Uh, the description of the show was really exciting. because I just thought, well, it's really simple. We don't think of like, Jeanette didn't, necessarily do this heinous crime but is what she's been accused of doing a heinous crime in itself because you just don't think that someone's not going to report someone if they see something and by the point I get what you mean by when you were saying you were desperate to know but I was I kind of guessed a little bit I guess I didn't guess it all I guessed because I think they kind of that they did feed us a little bit in I think the ending but I did there was a twist where I thought oh, okay I didn't see that come in but I don't know I just thought I think you know what I mean. Yeah, we, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say like <laughs> by the time by the time it got to the end, mm -hmm. was there were about like four twists at the end, or they're not? And there were there were a few. So at, at the end, I hope this isn't too spoilery, but like there was the lesbian kiss at the end. Yeah, which was unnecessary. I. It yeah. was a bit, wasn't it? Like it literally came from Th nowhere. That I didn't really understand. Yeah, 
because also that was one of my other my points that I wasn't too sure about because I didn't understand why Mallory hated Kate hate or well, she took this disliking to her at the beginning then all of a sudden they're friends and then like all of a sudden make now their love interests but there was no there was no run up to that really and the, yeah I, I don't know sometimes it's it like feels like it's a natural part of the story and here they just kind of shoehorned it in and they had a nice they had a really nice uh, like romantic gay couple so I didn't think that it was necessarily like beneficial to the plot yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't seeded at yeah. all like it was just kind of random at the end I thought that was yeah. and then what about the kind of final final twist like the the last that- shot because it, it kind of did a reveal and then sort of turned it on its head yeah. in a way didn't it with that last like that's what I kind of did you find yes. that satisfying I found it somewhat satisfying I thought it was good because it was chilling I thought that end was kind of chilling and I thought I'd figured it out and then I was like oh I haven't figured it out and then I was like oh well I'd figured it out so I kind of like that they play with you in that sense but it still had the effect of being like oh but it wasn't a yeah, massive yeah. like shock, really. Yeah, my my only thought was just that I I I think it tied it up quite satisfyingly mm-hmm. as it was. Yeah, and it made it just seem a little bit less serious for me the fact that yeah. they then tried to like toy with you again at the very end. Yeah, but it did make me think afterwards. I will admit, like as much as I was like, oh, I kind of guessed that. That was giving myself a lot of credit because afterwards I did go away and think, well, actually. With them flipping it on its head, it did explain a lot of the behaviours that came before it. And I think if they hadn't have done that, it wouldn't have really been true to her character because otherwise there was this unnerving sort of thing the whole way through and that wouldn't have been tied off or like explained really. And I think they're probably setting themselves up for a season two. And also, even if they aren't, it kind of just, it makes sense because, yeah, Yeah. especially with that, I feel like the interview, there were so many moments that were kind of echoed, or not many, maybe like two. And I think that interview, like the second interview, if you know what I mean, with Jeanette, it wouldn't have made sense if if they didn't have that very last scene. So, yeah, overall, it was like, it did grip me, though. I was kind of, I was... I was able to binge a few episodes and then I stopped and then I was really excited to see how it ended. But, yeah. It's not up there with my absolute favourite series, but I would probably watch it again with someone and be like, yeah, like, it's a good show. Now it's time for the Rogue Show round. So Rogue Shows is where we recommend a couple of shows which may have passed you by or that we feel are worth revisiting. So this week we've got Io. So my rogue show is You. I was hooked on the first series, which is based on a novel, and it stars Penn Badgley as Joe. I remember being weirdly intrigued by Joe and his obsession with Guinevere Beck, and genuinely had no idea how it would end. It's a thriller, and Joe is this weird, strangely likeable, very watchable villain slash murderer and season two wasn't as like compelling for me as the first but it picked up later and I think that might have been down to the location change because season one is very much New York and season two is LA and yeah maybe it was that adjustment to the new location I don't know but it quickly picked up and yeah Joe meets his match in that season so I'm really excited to see what season three has to hold because he's got this new love interest in season two and there's a twist again in that season that I just did not see coming that sets up this next series that's out on the 15th of October. So it looks like it's going to be another twist-filled 
series. So I'm really excited. so thanks for listening i've been informed that we are now on google podcasts spotify and we have officially made it because we are on apple podcasts as well so yeah check us out on any of them platforms and follow us on instagram we are channel hoppers pod see you next time